0: Somewhere around 30 years ago, I was teaching our daughter, Diane, how to cross the street. One of those basic parental tasks. Fortunately, right in front of the house we were living in at the time, there was a wide crosswalk. It led to a school across the street. And the street itself was pretty wide, but very quiet because of driveways and no parking rules and all that had a long view in each direction so we could see the traffic. And on a fairly regular basis, multiple times a week, Diane and I would cross the street together, go play on the school playground, something like that as an incentive. And I remember one particular time, it was a beautiful sunny morning, and Diane and I were standing there holding hands at the ed- edge of the curb in front of the crosswalk. And we went through our routine. Diane looked both ways. She looked both ways. Did that well. I said, Diane, do you see any cars coming? She looked both ways, looked up at me and said, No, Daddy, I don't see any cars coming. Well, I saw down about a block and a half, maybe a little bit further, a van. And this being 30 years ago, there were lots of vans in the world. So saw a van coming down the street. I thought, well, maybe it's a little far for her to see. So I waited a little bit, just a few seconds. and said, Diane, do you see any cars coming? She looked both ways. Looked up at me and said, no, Daddy, I don't see any cars coming. Okay, well, maybe she's not quite paying attention like she usually does. So I asked her a third time. Dan, look really carefully. Do you see any cars coming? She looked both ways, extra long, looked up at me and said, no, Daddy, I don't see any cars coming. And about that time, we had waited so long The van was almost to us. I said, well, with some frustration, I admit, well, Diane, what's that? She looked up at me and said, Daddy, that's a van. (laughs) I think of this story when I think of the opening part of this morning's gospel lesson where Peter is telling Jesus, you know, we've been fishing quite a while. And you're telling us to... Put our nets over yet again. And I just don't think this is going to work. I I feel like Jesus is sort of like Diane in this story. saying, yeah, I know what's really going on here. That's a van. I know what's really going on here. Put the nets into the water and see what happens. And what happens, of course, is the nets are overwhelmed with fish. So that Peter and his companions have to get help to drag those nets to shore. It's this amazing story where Peter's knowledge isn't sufficient. Where Peter's knowledge and life experience of fishing just doesn't count. Jesus has something bigger and better. And it amazes Peter. So, as Peter often does, he kind of overreacts. He kind of goes all out. Let me tell you another story first. One of the reasons that I was holding Diane's hand so carefully as we did our street crossing training was a family story, of which I am the star, I might add. It's one of those stories that, whether you're a kid or an adult, may sound a little familiar because you're the star, but it's one of those don't do it this way stories. To this day, my older brother still tells it as How stupid was my little brother? We were getting ready to cross the street. I was about four or five years old, my brother's four years older than me, and he's trying to train me how to cross the street. Now, since he's a guy, he's not going to hold my hand. So everything's happening verbally. And I admit, my brother was a hero to me, so I wanted to make sure I did this right. And I was very aware we were crossing the street without any parents around or other adults. So this was a big deal. So I'm listening really carefully. And this is a very, very busy street. Two lanes in each direction. Across the street is the prize, the market that sells candy. And we need to get across that street. Well, my brother's coaching me. saying, okay, the cars come fast. There's no traffic light. So when I tell you to go, we're going to have to go fast. So we get across the whole street. We can't just go part way and stop. We have to go all the way. My brother was saying, OK, some kids make the mistake of going partway and stopping, and the cars was by. He wanted to make sure that wasn't going to happen. Some kids make the mistake of dawdling. He wanted to make sure that wasn't going to happen. He'd see me in action walking down a sidewalk. He, he wanted to make sure I was going to stop and look down at a bug let alone get on my knees and look at a bug in the middle of the street. So I have to go quickly. And I'm thinking, okay, gotta go quickly. Gotta go quickly. So, my brother says, are you ready? I said, yeah, I'm ready. And I'm literally looking down at the crosswalk. He's also saying, stay in the crosswalk. I said, okay. Crosswalk. He says, okay, let's go. I take off. Sprinting across the street. Now, my brother's plan was a quick walk. So, I'm zipping across four lanes of traffic. Cars are slamming on their brakes, honking their horns. And I'm, candy store, made it, we're good. (laughs) My brother is horrified. He is publicly embarrassed. He's scared out of his wits. There are drivers looking at him like, you're the worst big brother in the world. But they do let him cross the street to catch up with me because I'm like, hey, we made it. And I look at his face, I think, Uh Uh-oh, that's a mom's face looking at me. (laughs) And I get the, what do you think you were doing? And I just say, you told me to go fast. (laughs) You told me to go fast. I'm four years old, five years old. My legs are shorter. I know I have to run to keep up with your fast. This is in many ways Peter's reaction to just about anything Jesus does. Take off faster than anyone expected. And in this morning's gospel, he does it in a different way. Instead of taking off... He throws himself down, and it says he gets on his knees, and he's, Jesus, I'm not worthy. And if you do all the scene setting accurately in your mind, he's not kneeling on sand. He's kneeling in his boat, which has got to be, first of all, very uncomfortable. And secondly, it's very impractical in terms of keeping this very narrow boat. It's really not much bigger than a canoe, the fishing boats that they used at that time, keeping that Fishing boat steady. He's doing something kind of nutty. But that's who he is. He does everything 110% all the time. Happens throughout the Gospels. And here he's saying, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. He's saying this in reaction to a massive catch of fish. It's not like he has seen the resurrection of Jesus or something in that moment. It's just this massive catch of fish. I'm not worthy. And yet, Jesus still wants him to come along. Peter is not let off the hook, to use a fishing term, simply by saying, I'm not worthy. He doesn't get to say, you know, I'm not qualified, I don't think I've been properly screened, my background check's not in, I don't have my resume prepared. I'm not worthy. He doesn't doesn't get to say any of that in a way that's convincing to Jesus. And Luke has written this story in so many layers, in so many ways, so that it applies to us just as much as it applied to Peter. Because one of the interesting things that happens in this story is that nowhere does Jesus call Peter, James, and John. Other stories in the Gospels, those three apostles are are called during this kind of scene. But Luke leaves out verses that might have had Jesus saying, come, follow me. You know, some kind of phrase like that, which we are very familiar with. And Luke leaving out, I think we often automatically add it in. But it's not there. And there's an excellent reason for that. Very few of us, perhaps no one in this room, gets to ever hear the voice of Jesus say, come, follow me. It's usually through circumstance. It's usually through events. It's usually through inner feelings that we get a sense that we should follow God. It's not through a burning bush like Moses got or apostles being called as happens in the other gospels where Jesus directly speaks to them about following. Instead, in our day-to-day lives, we'll experience hopefully the love of God. We'll experience the wonder of God's work will have experiences that open our eyes to how much we're loved and the, the world is a beautiful place through God's work and we want to follow. That's what happens here with Peter, James, and John. They're never invited. They simply do it. And even though God is inviting us through circumstances all the time in our lives and through other people in our lives, we don't get to say, well, God never asked me, so I'm not going to follow God. Instead, we have here Luke telling us, look, even Peter didn't get a direct invitation. You have no excuse. Peter said he wasn't worthy. You may not feel you're worthy. You have no excuse. That's what Luke is telling all of us. We don't get to say, I'm not worthy. We don't get to say, I haven't heard a call clearly enough. Instead, We simply are called by the context of the scripture and by God's loving presence in our lives to follow without special effects and with no excuses. One more street crossing story, this back to Diane. Go forward 10, 11 years from the moment she was smarter than me yet again, saying van rather than car. She's a young teenager well, mid-teenager, really, We're walking through a crowded grocery store parking lot. Now, I don't know about you, particularly those of us in the room who drive, there are few places more hazardous, dangerous, and scary than a grocery store parking lot. People are driving with no attention, they're in a rush, they're in a hurry, and always drives me up the wall. And Diane and I have gotten out of our car, and we're walking down the aisle, And I'm becoming aware of this grocery store parking lot is on a crazy level that's much higher than usual, as bad as it usually is. It's too close to the end of work time. People are in a hurry. They're clearly driving distracted. And so I'm getting a little tense as we walk towards the store. And as we approach the end of our parking aisle, and there's that sort of last chaotic strip you got across of passing cars before you get to the store I reach down and take Diane's hand and as we cross I can feel her eyes rolling (laughs) I'm 14 dad (laughs) you don't have to hold my hand (laughs) she never had to say it we got to the far side and that's only when I realized oh how sweet, we're holding hands. <laughs> and I looked over and I can just see every thought process. No one had better have seen this. <laughs> you hold, you're holding my hand. Do you think I'm an idiot? All those things that were passing through her mind. But she did give me a little sweet smile, and we squeezed hands and dropped them again. Now, I think of that story because of the way that God walks with us throughout our lives. We don't get special effects. We don't get to make excuses. But we also know that whenever things get chaotic and whenever things get crazy and whenever things get scary, God will pick up our hand. No matter how mature we may feel we are, qualified, experienced, wise, God is going to pick up our hand, sometimes even when we don't want that to happen. When we think we know the best way, God will offer us a better way. And, like kids do, we can yank our hand away and run into traffic if we want, or just stand there paralyzed, dropping God's hand. But God invites us to hold on, to hold on and get through the chaos, to hold on and get through our fears, to hold on and get through the pains of life that are inevitable, to keep moving with God and overcome all the distractions and hazards and painfulness that life can bring and get safely to the other side. This morning's gospel, layer upon layer of meaning about what's titled The Call of Peter but is really about the call for every one of us to walk with God, to take God's hand, to allow God to guide our lives so that our our lives may be led with a greater sense of safety and purpose, forgiveness and peacefulness, so that we may walk the walk that Peter did, sometimes with as much enthusiasm, sometimes not, but to live lives full of God's love and sharing it with others. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.